Hey everybody, welcome to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon. I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church, and we're going to dive into uh, tonight's content about balanced Christianity. We're going to start a new series tonight, so I'm super excited about it. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in with us and um, pray together. Well, Father, we thank you for who you are, and uh, we thank you that you created us to be conformed to your image and your likeness, and what an honor that is. And uh, Father, as we go into this content, into this next series of what it looks like to have a balanced life of Christianity, a balanced life of living connected to you, I just ask that you speak your truth and revelation to each one of us the way that you want and need to. We invite you into this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the misconceptions um, probably that I've seen over, um, I don't know, probably 25 or 30 years, even when I was in middle or junior high, we didn't have middle school back then, that's how old I am, but in junior high and different things like that, probably the biggest misconception of what it means to make disciples was it was all about going to like Africa and feeding the poor or preaching the gospel there, ministering there. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. And that is a part of making disciples, of discipling people. But it's not a complete picture. Another misconception I feel like I saw uh, even back in junior high and even now is that disciple making, discipleship, discipling others is just a Bible study. Well, hmm, let's think about that. If we just have a Bible study with our exclusive selves, then what do we really become? Now, we probably grow with, it, with the Lord, but there's a chance that we become potentially cliquish if we're only together and we're never out with any others, right? It becomes one of those things that um, make us unbalanced in our Christianity. So, those are some of the things that I think I saw in my early years, and I even see today and here, about what discipleship looks like or disciple making. And so I want us to dig into scripture over the next several weeks and look at what does it really look like to have a balanced life as a Christian. And so Jesus is our perfect picture for everything, right? But as you look at his life over and over, you see that he held a rhythm of being up with his father, in with close relationships, and then out with the crowd. And so if we as Christians are becoming disciples of Jesus in stronger and deeper ways, then we must look at our lives and ask ourselves, do we have a rhythm the same as Jesus did? Do we spend time up with the Father, in with very close relationships, and out with the crowd, which are more surface relationships, but they're so important. And so I want to take you to Luke 6, and I want to read a couple of these verses here, and let's dive into what it looked like in Jesus's life. And so Luke 6 starting in verse 12, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, 
and continued all night in prayer to God. Right here is an example of how he went up the mountain and he sat with the Lord. He was in prayer and in dialogue. And if you eat that word prayer, it actually means for our wishes to be exchanged with his wishes, like a divine exchange. So think about it. He went out by himself. Now, here he chose to go up a mountain. Um, I think multiple times he probably, in, in scripture he did that, but he probably didn't just find a mountain every time, right? But it's the concept of getting away. It's a concept of being alone with the Father. And so he went and sat and prayed all night. So all night long, he had a divine exchange, exchanging his wishes as the Son of God with his Father's wishes, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. Like that in his example of lordship, is it not when we exchange our wishes for his? Then in verse 13, it says, And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, who he also named them to be apostles. And so he went up the mountain to pray all night, and then when it became day, he called his disciples to himself. Well, if we know the context of this passage, we know that there's a large number of disciples there. But out of those, he called 12. And he names them here um, in verses uh, 14 um, and 15. He names them actually in 16 too. But here, like he handpicked and called 12 selected them to be with him and not just to be with him for him to be with them in close relationship in friendship now think about that sometimes we have um, events or parties or gatherings maybe at our house and we invite a bunch of people but then sometimes we select a few that are closest to us and we invite them to come and hang out right and so then it goes on in verse 17, and it says, He came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came near or who came to hear him and be healed of their disease, as well as those were tormented with unclean spirits, they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him. For power went out from him and healed them all. Well, this is a perfect picture of the flow of how our life is to be. Like we talked in the series, um, A Disciple. Like what does it look like to be a disciple? You always, always start with abiding in him. And so Jesus showed us very clearly in chapter 12 or in verse 12, how he went and he hung out with the father. He spent all night with the Father, and then he came down and chose the twelve. And as he did that, he stayed connected to the Father. And you know why I know that? There's other scriptures that talk about I don't do anything that I don't hear or see the Father doing. Talking about the unity and the connection that he and the Father had. There's so many scriptures about that. And so in this, in this set of passages, we know that he didn't go up to the mountain and hang out with the Father, and then he just 
came down, called his disciples, these disciples to himself, called them apostles, and then went out to the crowd and like he disconnected from the father. We know he stayed connected to the father because of his life, because of his fruitfulness, but also because what we read in scripture. And so even the fact that he called these 12 to himself and then he named them apostles, when you look at the actual word apostles, yes, in, in the Greek, in the Strong's, you'll find that it says a sent one. And that's what he was saying to them. Like, I'm going to send you out. And I love the history of the word apostle because you don't see the word apostle in the Old Testament. Why? Because it wasn't invented. The Greeks actually invented it and then the Romans stole it from it. And it was for the general that led an army into battle to culturalize an area. But it wasn't just the army. They took teachers and philosophers and doctors and artists and all kinds of people with them to change the culture of the place that they went in. And so as a king said, hey, I'm sending you to this country to take dominion and change the culture, that is what an apostle does. And so I love that he called these 12 into tight, close-knit relationship with him in this passage. And then he said, oh, and then he went out to the crowd, like he modeled immediately what it looked like for them to be sent on kingdom assignment from the Father. But he modeled that it must start with the Father. And so this three-dimensional life that we see Jesus live is all evident throughout Scripture. I, just take a moment. Think about some of the Scriptures. Think about some of the parables. Ask yourself, like, was that an example of Jesus living up with the Father, in with his disciples, or out with the crowd? And you'll see it time and time again throughout Scripture. The fruitfulness of that rhythm of life. And so as Jesus showed us that he was up with the Father in relationship, this was in con he was in constant contact with the Father. He spoke of the Father in a very intimate and personal and loving and faithful way, a very familiar way. You know how you speak of someone that you are very close to in a very familiar way, in a very intimate and a personal way? Well, that is what we saw in Scripture about how Jesus spoke about the Father. And so a question that maybe you could ask yourself when, when you're thinking about how is my up relationship with the Lord, like am I living a life of balance or imbalance? So my question for you to ask yourself is, are you strong in proclaiming the word of God? Are you consistent and strong in prayer? Or what about in worship? And so that's a question for you just to self-reflect and ask yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit, like reveal to me where I'm at in this? Where are my priorities? Because usually out of these three, all of us tend to bend to one really strong and maybe two, but that can throw us off balance. And we'll talk about more of that uh, as we go on throughout the series. But as far as the in with Jesus, like he invited others into a very close relationship. He selected these 12 
for Jesus to spend time with them, to build relationship, to um, to get to know them and for them to get to know him. It was a relational, like just think about a day to day. Like we get the highlights of the things that needed to be recorded for us in scripture. But think about all of the times that they laughed together and they ate together and conversations they had as they traveled, like they were close. It was somebody that Jesus could have as friends. And it even talks about like he's even closer with uh, Peter, James, and John than the others. And so there's a friendship there and a connection there that is beautiful that we have with our father in the up but we also have it with other people. And so here's a question to ask yourself. Like, how are you at building community? How are you at listening to people and responding to meet their needs and not just praying for them? But like, how good are you at listening to somebody talk about something and then taking action on it? Whether it you know, whether they mention like my lawnmower's broken and so I should go and do this. And it's not out of obligation, but it's out of that intimate, close relationship that you have as friends that you go and do that. And then out, like Jesus reached out. He never, ever lost sight of the Father's vision to reach a dark and a lost and a dying world. He never lost sight of that. And so now there were times where he left that world or that environment. He left those close relationships and he went away to be with the father. Why? Because he lived a balanced life. And so as far as the out for you, my question for you to ask is like, do you take the gospel outside of the walls of your church building? And what about this? Do you take the gospel outside of the walls of your home? Is that something that you commit to do as a family on mission? To take the gospel outside of your homes? And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to hold a tent revival or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But like, here's a great example. My youngest son is, um, is adopted and he is my grandson from my oldest son who is adopted. So it's kind of, you know, a blended American family to where Enzo, my youngest, his father is my adopted son, my oldest adopted son, but now Enzo is my son that we've adopted, our grandson. But but in that, he has a great relationship with his biological grandmother. They are very close. And when I went to pick him up the other day, I noticed that her lawn had not been mowed in some time. And so I made a mental note of that. Why? Because what would it be, what would it speak to her if somebody served her by mowing her lawn? What would it look like for our family to go over and serve her by mowing her lawn? It would speak to her. And so that is an example of Do you take the gospel outside of your walls? Do you ask the Lord when you go into the store, what assignment do you have for me while I'm in here? That's living connected in the up with him as you are going out. And it's a beautiful picture. I want to show you one more scripture today um, in Micah 
chapter six, um, and it, this is going to be familiar, I'm sure, to some of you. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to find it now. I am so sorry. Here it is. In verse eight, it says, he has shown you, O man, what it is good. What is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to live mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Here is a picture right here in Micah 6, 8 of the up, the in, and the out. To walk humbly with your God is up, is to have that connection and that relationship. To be, to know where you are and what he says about you and to be in relationship with him. And then to love mercy. Like he gives you people in your life. And so it is up to you to latch onto them as spiritual family and to love them with all of the mercy that's been given to you as a born again believer. And then to do justly, to act justly to, to the world and to the community around you, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's somebody at, at your kid's school, whether it's somebody that you don't know well that you saw at church even. Like, are you living a life of that? And let me speak to a couple of things. We're going to get into this as, as we get into the series. Like, there, there are one or two of these that you will find that you prefer to do. But if we are growing as disciples of Jesus, which is somebody that abides in him, walks in his ways, and does his works, then we also do all of those with the up, the in, and the out present. And so it is so important for you not to let the enemy get like, um, get you distracted and off course for the things that he has for you. Like there was a time in the beginning of Grace Church when we began, we were an up and an in church. We were. We spent so much time just worshiping the Lord. And singing about his praises. We spent so much time eating together, hanging out together. We did life together. We went and did things together that was not uh, ministry related, even just relational related. We helped each other with our kids' birthday parties and, and just so many different things. And then we shifted. When, when we got the building, we started growing to a church that was bent towards the up and the out. And, and outreach was huge. And it's a beautiful picture. But what happened is probably over the first eight years, we lost the in. Like we lost here how to fight for each other. We lost here how to love mercy. And that is something like the Lord is so faithful to complete the work that he began in us. And he is bringing that component back, not for us to lose the up and not for us to lose the out, but as we are strong in our up and our out as a church body, that we begin to embrace the in, in, in just so many new ways. And so I'm so excited to see what the Lord's going to do, um, just how it's going to be walked out, what healing and wholeness and life that he brings to us as a church body. And so in that, I just want to ask you, like I asked three questions for you to consider. And so ask yourself this, like, what is the Lord speaking to me 
about my relationship up with the father in with very close people and out with the crowd, people that I don't know? What is he speaking to my heart? And then what is my obedience to go walk out? Like, what do I need to change my mind about to be able to live more of a balanced life by the spirit in Jesus and then go walk it out? And so as we wrap up, I'm going to pray for us. Father, we thank you. Like, we thank you that you gave us a perfect picture of Jesus, how to live balanced. And so, Father, we repent for the times that we disregarded your voice encouraging us to grow in one of these areas. And we say no longer will that happen. And we embrace the balanced lifestyle that you showed us even in the Old Testament, but that you showed us beautifully with Jesus. And we thank you for the opportunity to do that in Jesus' name. Amen.